Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to episode nine of the Made Hoops podcast. I am your host, Eric Hamford, our national uh, middle school scouting director, joined as always by our high school scouting director, Brian Flynn. And today we have a special guest with us, Rob Noonan, our events manager and player evaluator. Today, we're going to be talking about the ESPN 2022 and 2023 player rankings that were released last week. Um, honestly, rankings aren't something that we typically do, but we see so many of these kids at our events, whether it's our middle school circuits, camps, tournaments, and our high school uh, camps and tournaments that, of course, we have some opinions that we want to air and, and just have a good conversation and dialogue about you know, all these kids who were in the rankings, where they stack up against one another, and, and some kids who missed the cut. So we're going to start the conversation by talking about the class of 2022. Um, within that group, over 30 of those top 60 ranked prospects have played in one of our events. Uh, sitting at number one, to no one's surprise, is Amani Bates, 6'8 wing, Ypsilanti Lincoln High School. Um, since I've been evaluating Amani, you know, he's, pro he's the best middle school prospect I ever saw uh, in the seventh and eighth grade. The only other player that really came close to him who was able to do those types of things at that size was Marvin Bagley. Obviously, it, it worked out pretty well for him as he's in the NBA now with the Sacramento Kings. Um, now, you're not going to find too many people who are going to give any type of argument against Amani and him being that number one prospect at this point. Why do we think that's so accurate with him, Brian? With Normally with elite prospects, we see them have skills that make them special, right? But there are certain parts of their game that are holding them back, that they're not that great in, that things that they need to improve in order to maximize their potential. With Amani, that doesn't really exist. He's at least borderline good at basically every aspect of the game. The thing for him moving forward that's going to help him get better is to continue to refine his overall skill set and start getting elite in other things besides just the scoring. I mean, he's got the physical tools, and he's got that kind of build that suggests that he's going to get much stronger as time goes on. And he's certainly a guy that, because those are the kind of things that he's going to be working on, he's already so much further ahead of the other guys in this class. So we get it. Amani, he's an outlier, basically. Obviously, he's a kid that doesn't come around every year. You know, you're lucky if you get a kid like him every 10 to 20 years, at least to this point, um, with his trajectory included, we expect a lot from him. So if we move down to number two, we have 6'9", big man Jalen Duran, uh, just finished his sophomore season at Roman Catholic High School, is now actually headed to Montverde Academy in Florida. Now, obviously, Jalen brings a lot to the table. He's a, he's a huge, huge kid, physical freak, rebounds, dunks everything. And in most classes, there has been some talk that he would be a number one player if it wasn't for obviously being in this loaded 2022 group with Amani ahead of him. Rob, do you necessarily believe that to be the case? 
You ready for a hot take? Always. I really don't think so. I think if you bump him up to 2021, I'm still taking Chet uh, for different reasons than most might think. I'm taking Chet because he's got way more skill at, you know, being 7-1. Jalen is is way stronger. You know, he's more athletic and he fits the, the physical tough build. But when you get as the game has been evolving in general, it's been a five-out kind of game. And I think Chet fits that five-out game. I don't think Jalen fits it just yet. Um, I think him going to Monverde will absolutely help him improve his perimeter game, putting the ball on the floor, shooting a little bit around the outside because his teammate, Caleb Houston, does a really, really good job of that. And, you know, vice versa. I think Jalen could add some tough physical – post presence to Caleb's game I think it's a great decision you know just for him going to Monverde and being with all these studs uh, not that he wasn't at Roman but you know when you're with the guys that are right next to you in the rankings that you're fighting for spots it makes it all the more competitive so after we move past those first two guys that's where things really start to get interesting when you take a look at that number three through number 10 range Brian is there a guy on here who really solidified his spot in the top 10 over the high school season? There are two guys here that I really think did just that. The first being Jaden Bradley. Um, Honestly, as far as being a pure point guard, Bradley might be the best I've seen in the almost 10 years I've been evaluating at this level now. Wow. Um, His feel for the game is so advanced. His vision's unreal and his passing is, is you know, borderline perfect. He makes guys around him so much better. We see it this year uh, with DJ Nix at Cannon. I mean, having Nix as a role man is a problem regardless of who his point guard is, but you can really see Bradley just pick teams apart, whether it's through Nix or through a guy like Jarvis Moss uh, and just be able to make and elevate guys around him. I mean, he's a really talented guy and I think kind of built in a little bit in another North Carolina kid in the Chris Paul mold. Like he just he doesn't have the physical attributes that make you say, wow, this kid's a no-brainer, but he thinks the game and sees the floor in a way that is really, really special. And then on the opposite end of that, Derek Whitehead is a kid that I think really solidified himself as well. I mean, has all of the physical tools. We've known about him since, what, sixth grade, it feels like at this point. I mean, just a freak athlete, really skilled, has really improved his offensive game in, in recent years, and is a guy that is still super young for this class and could, if for whatever reason he wanted to, go to 2023. So that's a guy that I think long-term could push for that number one spot ultimately. Let's not forget about when Derek, as, what, a 13-year-old eighth grader, kind of had a viral moment in our uh, winter circuit, our East Coast winter circuit, when he went down the lane and rose up on somebody. So that goes to show right there, at that age, the, the stuff that he was able to do at a high level and like we continue to keep an eye on, he's the youngest kid at the forefront of this class. So what he can do now, coupled with, you know, he's got the bloodlines in his family. He, he obviously has a ton of room to grow as well. And within that first 10, you know, eight of those guys have played in made hoops events to this point. The one guy who I think is is pretty interesting that I don't think unless you're, you're really dialed into the grassroots basketball scene. Brandon Miller from Cane Ridge High School, long 6'7 wing type. I think he's going to be a guy that people start to see just how talented he is. He's another guy who has, you know, tons of upside, and he's still starting to kind of just be able to put it together. But if he does that, it's, 
you're going to see him rise up this list as well. So as we move down to numbers 11 through 20, Rob, which guy on here is seeing his stock rise rapidly? Obviously, we have no basketball currently going on, but you know, obviously throughout the high school season, there was a ton of guys who kind of saw their stock rise and, and looked like they were primed for a big AAU season. Who would you go with here? So before we even get to that, uh, I got to go to Caleb Houston for a guy that's going to stay there, uh, who's going to be Jalen's teammate, you know, come this year. Um, he's going to be a guy that stays in the top 10. And depending on who you ask, you know, if you want an outside shooter, you're going to go with him a hot take again over Jalen. You're going to think I'm bullying Jalen, but I mean, he's just been the point of the conversation. Um, so that that's, I mean, them being teammates, they can learn from one another. I actually like that duo a lot moving forward with Monverd. Um, but going back to your question, you know, I'm actually surprised Dior Jop dropped Dior Johnson. Um, I didn't expect him to drop, but I maybe because, you know, he committed. So people look at him a little bit less now because you know, why we don't have to, you know, constantly film him because he's already going to school. We'll just, you know, get him in, when he's in college and stuff like that. I don't know if that plays into a role, but I think he should definitely be a little bit higher. Um, Keontae George, uh, no brainer. He reminds me of a, a little Russell Westbrook, obviously not as filled out, uh, but his ability to play hard. He's a gritty defender. You know, everything's downhill and he has that, that jolt and that spark to him that Westbrook kind of has. Um, you know, another guy that stayed pretty consistent is Zion Cruz. I think, you know, when Zion goes to Oak Hill, he has the potential to rise even more. Uh, he played a Hudson Catholic this past year. He was hurt for a little bit. And, you know, Hudson Catholic plays a, a good schedule, but Oak Hill plays, you know, the schedule of schedules. Uh, I mean, there's, there's going to be nothing better than that when you're playing that kind of national schedule. So I think he has the ability to rise uh, pretty high. And, you know, lastly, Sky Clark, um, I actually did a film breakdown with him. So this one's easy. Uh, I've actually got to really examine his game and I really like what he does, you know, coming over now from Cali to Tennessee, he's ranked as the number two player in Tennessee. I bet that would be interchangeable. Um, you know, his explosiveness, he's filled out a little bit more as the year's gone on. I mean, he's high level three level scorer, and I'm excited to watch him and watch his recruitment take off. I think he had like seven schools reach out, uh, with the 2022 period. And, you know, I think four of them were blue bloods. So Brian, let's hear your take on this group of guys. I don't know if Rob left any, you anybody to talk about, but maybe you'll piggyback a few of the guys that, you know, he gave his thoughts on. No, I mean, Rob definitely plugged at least half those guys already. So um, <laughs> all joking aside, Keontae George, his ability to seek out contact and manipulate his man and draw fouls is really advanced. It's something that I really appreciate because it's something that we're seeing is being done in the NBA more and more now. Um, Rob, you compared him a little bit to Westbrook. I think specifically with that skill, it's more, more hardened than Westbrook. Um, you know, we see James be able to get to the line, especially when shots aren't falling for him. And that's something that's really valuable for guys just to be able to see the ball go in the hoop. And, you know, we've seen Keontae go for big numbers this year. And I think that's something that We'll continue to see moving forward. He's one of the most effortless scorers in this class. Um, outside of Keontae, I would say Kajani Wright is the other kid that I'm really thinking could take a rise here. Uh, high upside forward, plays on in California, a really talented kid. Um, we'll see what he can do with Compton Magic if and when there's an AAU season, but he's a kid who definitely deserves that national attention. Absolutely. I mean, Keontae's 
Keontae George has really popped for me since he was an eighth grader, just with his ability to shoot the ball um, consistently. And obviously, as we know, in this, the climate of today's game, the kids who can shoot it and the skilled guards, you know, obviously his, his athleticism has continued to evolve, but man, he, he had such a great skill game as an eighth grader. Dior goes without saying, I mean, the kid's skill game is, is beyond his years, but he's so competitive. And I think that's kind of what sets him apart. Like, like you said, Rob, I mean, dropping him, everybody has their reasons. Some people want to say, Oh, off the court. Some people want to say they don't like the way he acts on the court. The bottom line is the kid knows how to play. He's not a bad kid. Honestly, I've been interacting with Dior probably since he was a seventh grader. He's just hyper competitive and he has a chip on his shoulder. And that's kind of the way that he operates, whether he's on the court, off the court. He wants to be number one. That's just the way he is. So I'm not going to be surprised if he's back in the top ten, top five. Um, yeah. Once we get back, back to basketball, I mean, that's just the way he is. But I agree there's a ton of guys on here that I like. Jalen Washington at number 15, Gary Westside High School, um, 6'8"-ish probably now, highly versatile kid, su another super skilled you know, forward, he's a guy that I've really liked since uh, his eighth grade year when he played with Mean Streets. Um, really played well at our eighth grade finale. Him and AJ Casey together were a nightmare. That was one of my favorite groups when they were in eighth grade. So let's start moving on. We'll go down to numbers 21 through number 30. Who jumps off the page for you on this group, Brian? For me, it's Jalen hood Shafino, a big combo guard, probably about 6'5 now, committed to Pittsburgh. I think he's a guy that's going to have an impact on Capel's program right away. Um, really unselfish passer, really good vision, uh, has the ability to guard one through the three. He's not the most athletic or quick guy, which I think he gets knocked for a little bit. But again, has an advanced feel, has really improved his shot in recent months and years. So that's something that's big for him moving forward. Um, and again, being able to play really any position on the perimeter is something that's going to be extremely valuable in the ACC when he gets there. Right. And, and Brian, I think another guy that we want to take a look at, Jalen, another guy who's obviously had an extremely polished game since his middle school years. We've, we've known about him for a while. Pittsburgh native, uh, comes from a basketball family, another super skilled guard. I mean, you can't go wrong. And this class is absolutely loaded from top to bottom. There's, there's really not much separation, especially with these guys at the top. Scoot Henderson, Kell High School, Marietta, Georgia, guy who's had a fantastic summer last year, really exploded during the high school season as well. I think you're going to see him continue to, you know, rise up these rankings as well as he continues to grow. Now let's take a look down at numbers 31 through 40. Rob, who really sticks out to you on this list? Uh, two easy ones uh, that I'm really familiar with, and Justice Williams and Chance Westry. Uh, Justice is not one of those guards that's going to jump out of the gym. He's not going to wag with his athleticism. He's very quick, got very quick feet defensively. Uh, he, he plays his pace. You know, it's not fast. It's not slow. He's always comfortable. He's listed as a shooting guard. If I'm a college coach, I'm, you know, recruiting him and saying, you're going to be my point guard because you run things smoothly uh, and things don't get out of whack. You know, when he's at Roman Catholic, they ran a lot of sets and he took control of a lot of sets. You know, he looked some people off. I mean, there were some instances where I was watching him play with um, uh, Lynn Greer and, you know, Lynn was looking for the ball in the wing in transition and justice, you know, kind of gave him the hand and said, you know, we got to run something, you know, and that's what I took it as um, chance. 
Another kid um, listed as a small forward, but he played a little bit of point guard and, and a lot of two guard, you know. Oh, yeah. He handles the ball. I mean, he wants yeah. to Saints. I don't think he really played much of a forward position at Trinity. Um, he's got a really nice skill set. He's kind of in the same boat as Justice. Uh, you know, he isn't that crazy athlete that, that's going to wow you, but, you know, he scores from everywhere. He scores effortlessly. Uh, and, you know, the one highlight that you're going to see of him is when he hurt his knee uh, first few games in the season, and he comes up over half court and takes that game winner with the hurt knee, and they, like, carry him off. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's so that's who he is. You know, he can score from everywhere, hurt, healthy, you name it. You know, you got to always get a hand up on him. On this list of guys, and I want to point out a few more of our, our made alums. Uh, number 32, you have Julian Phillips from Blythewood High School. Uh, just picked up a Kansas offer today, actually. I mean, six seven. I mean, I don't know officially what his wingspan is listed at, but it's it's got to be in that seven foot, seven foot plus range. He's one of those freaky just freaky guys who's got the long arms, smooth, obviously needs to put on some weight, but he has all the tools, right? And then right behind him at 33, you have Barry Dunning, 6'5", uh, kind of hybrid wing, wing forward, wing guard type, still starting to really put it together from a skill set. Plays at McGill Tool and Catholic in Mobile. Um, he was a guy who really showed some flashes two years ago at our eighth grade finale playing with the Alabama Fusion. There wasn't a ton of talent around him, but you knew right away. I had heard some things coming into that event that, hey, this is the next you know big name in the state of Alabama. So I was really paying attention to what he was doing on the court. And like I said, it was, there wasn't a ton of talent around him. He wasn't a guy who was, who was going to dominate then, but he was young. He was just learning how to kind of put everything together. And it seems like now he's really starting to hit his stride. Great kid, good student in the classroom. And then at number 36, I think this is probably a surprising name for, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys who might be listening who don't really follow it quite like this. Devin Ree from Terry High School. He's about 6'7", high-level shot maker at this point. Microwave score. Another kid who needs to put on a ton of weight. But the bottom line is he's growing so fast and has been growing so fast that – he hasn't been able to do that. You know, eight, two years ago, eighth grade finale with, you know, Mebo, he was a guy who was getting buckets for them, made some big time shots, but he was all arms and legs as probably about a six, four. And you knew he was going to continue to sprout. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, going forward over the next several months, he's in that six, eight, six, nine range. And with those perimeter skills, I mean, those are the guys that all the schools are going to be all over. I don't know what his offer list looks like right now, but if it hasn't already exploded, it's going to in the very near future. So as we get down to the, the bottom 20 in this list, Brian, looking over that list of guys, who do you think in that tier you can see potentially moving up into that top 40 once we get back to being able to be on the court? Don't steal so my thunder. I mean, I will twice. <laughs> the easy pick here. Is definitely Derek Lively. He's a kid who missed a lot of his freshman year with an injury, um, all of his high school season, anyways. Big time shot blocker, runs the floor like a deer, and moves extremely well. Long wingspans. I mean, the kid's got everything that you would want physically in a big man. He needs to fill out a bit more, and obviously the the injury is a bit of a concern. But assuming he stays healthy. He's got the mobility and the upside to be potentially a top 25 kid in the class, if not higher. Uh, I think ultimately he's going to expand that range out as a shooter and could be someone that really takes a rise and makes a lot of people who continue to rank him 
this low look a little foolish at the end of the day. And then the other one that I think is just more so a factor of where he is high school-wise than anything else is J.J. Starling. Plays at Baldwinsville, which is a decent school in New York, but by no means plays in the top flight competition here. Um, it's just outside of Syracuse. Big-time shooter, great size. Uh, Rob, I know we constantly talk about the game against Green Tech where he hit seven threes to start, finished with 39 points. I mean, the kid can score on all three levels, super smart, can play multiple positions, and again, just a really good kid that I'm not willing to bet against on at this point. Absolutely, and, and if you're taking score at home, a ton of the guys that we've already talked about, it seems like some of those indicators that we're talking about is they're young, from, they're young for their class. They have bloodlines. You can't go wrong more times than not when you use those indicators, and those are a ton of guys that we've already touched on. Rob, who are a few guys that you're looking at here? Well, uh, since Flynn stole my top two, uh, I'm going to – I mean, easily I can go Donovan Klingon. Uh, there's a lot of hype around him, especially being from the Connecticut area. Um, you know, you've seen the stuff on him with ESPN and all that. But, I mean, to be, you know, 7-1, really skilled. He's surrounded by good talent. I think his stock is going to continue to rise, and I see no reason for him to, you know, decline as far as going down the rankings. Uh, and another kid that, you know, Eric, you're going to like this one, Alex Caravan. Um you know, another, as alumni, soon, another alumni. As soon as he got put on the rankings, uh, his recruitment took a boost. I mean, I've seen nothing but offers for him on Twitter for the last two days. Um, listed as a power forward, I mean, I would say kind of. I mean, he could go out more. Play stretch. The he's a stretch. He can shoot it, and he's got a big body. I mean, that's kind of the way he's played. He yeah. played a lot of point for it for New Hampton this year. That's what I was about to say. Like, he, he's not really just – you know, stuck onto that four position. I mean, if you play him at, you know, three or, you know, depending on your college set, if you want a, a guy bringing up the ball. Uh, I mean, when I was at St. Joe's last year, we had one guy bring up the ball who was our sometimes played center or sometimes played the four. So I think college coaches are going to love him just because of, you know, his ability to do that and, you know, get into different sets with a big man bringing up the ball. Klingon is definitely an interesting name and, and, you know, I was actually just watching some film on him. I want to see him matched up against some of these other bigs in this class. I, I want to see a Donovan Klingon, you know, versus Jalen Duran matchup and just see what he can do. I, a lot of the settings where I've seen Donovan play, and this isn't to knock on him on any means because I do love his skill and I think he's a good player, but he's usually the biggest kid on the court and it, it hasn't been close because obviously he plays at, you know, Bristol Central High School, at his public local high school in Connecticut. Um, obviously, in his conference, there's not a ton of guys walking around who are even, you know, six seven, six eight. So, you know, he does what he needs to do. And he, he's put up ridiculous stat lines, you know, 37 points, 28 rebounds, which is absolutely wild. So it's, it's going to be kind of cool to get to see him in an environment where it's him against another guy who's, you know, 6'9", 6'10", range athletic just to see what he can do and, and how he chooses to attack is he going to use you know his step out game and, and kind of utilize his outside shot or you know has he gotten more athletic it's it's going to be fun to see that if I'm going to talk about a guy who I think might make more of a move it's another guy who's who's a young young buck in the class Nick Smith uh, probably pushing 6'4 now uh, combo guard Sylvan Hills High School 
honestly, he's another kid who's at every level I've seen him when I've been watching him since seventh grade. He's just been able to get baskets easily. You know, you give him any type of space on the perimeter and the shots going in. And he was never an athlete because he was still so young and just kind of growing into it. But now he's really starting to, you know, get some of that athletic burst to his game, which is going to really take things to another level. So Nick's a guy that I have my eye on going forward. Now that we're finished with the top 60, I think it's time for us to talk a little bit about our differences in opinion with ESPN's ranking. Obviously, there's only 60 guys on here, right? So it's it's not like this is a list of 150 and you can't really make too many arguments or who's left out. When there's 60, and especially in a class that is as loaded as this, there are a ton of guys who you can make an argument for. And there's going to be a ton of guys who over the next two years find themselves in this top 60. So let's talk about some of the guys who weren't included and you think should have been. Brian, let's start with you. Do we want to just talk about Roddy Gale by himself and then jump into everybody else after the fact? Yes, please. It seems like that's somebody that is like the biggest miss potentially if you asked anybody in the country at this point. Um, he's another kid who suffers from the whole not playing at an elite level high school. I mean, Roddy's from Niagara Falls. It's not exactly a, a hotbed for recruiting, despite what Paul Harris might think. Johnny uh, Flynn, Johnny Flynn, shout out. Of course, Johnny Flynn. Um, also, I, if I was Syracuse, I'd be all over Roddy Gale, just because uh, the connection at this point. But Roddy, again, a kid who's been playing 17U for this would have been his third year playing 17U. Super skilled guard, has the physical tools. I mean, he's probably about 6'4". He's, he's deceptively strong. Again, not somebody who's super, super quick, but really advanced skill set for his age and a guy that I think is only going to continue to get better as he gets pushed more and more by higher quality competition. Rob, let's hear what your opinions are. Why do you not sound enthused at all? Because I'm always worried about what you're going to say. <laughs> Um, I think a trending theme that we see, you know, before I get into is like the kids not being too athletic yet. Like we mentioned, or not crazy athletic, like we've mentioned Roddy, we've mentioned Chance, we've mentioned Justice. I think as they start growing and as they become juniors and seniors, you might see that jump. Uh, but I mean, if not, they'll be fine either way. I'm just saying, I feel like that's a reoccurring theme that we see. All right, so I got five. Uh, don't mean to talk too fast, but I got five. Um, sure. Mark Armstrong from Jersey, plays with the Lightning, huge miss. Um, I think he should be top 60. He's without a doubt top 100. I don't know if I'm biased. I don't know what it is. He's got to be in the top 60. Well, let's talk about, I mean, you may not even have this on you, so you may not even be able to elaborate, but I know I saw on social media the list of schools that had either reached out or offered since yesterday, and it's astounding. So that right there is going to tell you right away that, people know how good this kid is. Yeah. So I don't know if you know which schools exactly those were on that list, but I remember seeing it. It was like 30 different schools after the first day of the contact period. It was like, whoa. Do you yeah. want me to read it off? Because I can. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Well, before you read it off, he, he's got the St. John's. He's got the Creighton. He just got VCU. Um, and, like, there, there have been some coaches that would ask me, like, hey, uh, can I – like, who is this, this, and this kid? And I'll be like, all right, yeah, like, I'll give you these kids. But don't forget about this kid. Yeah. So it should pay dividends. Off. you got to redirect them to like, yo, this is the guy you really need to be worrying about. Yeah. All right, Flynn, go ahead. You're up. All right. 
other schools that he's heard from besides those, Seton Hall, Villanova, Stanford, both offers, UVA, Duquesne, Ohio State, UConn, Hofstra, Holy Cross, Dayton, Auburn, Miami, Kent State, Penn State, Xavier. Like that sounds like a top 60 kids list, right? Oh, as a, as a 2022, like off the rip. Yeah. hundred percent. So like, that's a kid right there where even if you're not really fully dialed into this, you see that and you're like, whoa, this kid's probably pretty good. And obviously we know Mark pretty extensively. So I think, you know, that's a valid miss in my opinion, not saying that the other ones are, but he's one that you can't argue isn't at the top of the list. So Rob, who else do you have on yours? So another guy that I, that I think was missed out on is Judah Mintz from Gonzaga High School, plays for Team Takeover. He's another guy like Armstrong who has that, that heavy interest from high majors and a lot of high major offers. Uh, he's ranked on other, you know, databases and stuff like that. Um, but from watching him, he's really gotten athletic. I was at High School Academy two years ago when it was the first High School Academy, and he was on my team. It was him. DJ Gordon, uh, David Hill, uh, I had one other Gonzaga. I got to remember their names. Um, but anyway, you know, this Evan kid. Dinkins? No, I didn't have Devin. Um, it would have been. It is beside the point, though. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, but I mean, I was watching him and, you know, DJ Gordon, I, I called you over and I'm like, you, you just got to watch this kid. And then the other kid was Judah and who was on the team and he was just cooking everyone. And I was like, he, like, what grade are you in? He's like a freshman. I was like, a freshman. So I've watched him grow. He's got exponentially more athletic throughout the years. His bounce and everything has been developing just as it should be um, as he's moving forward. And, you know, now going off of him, the two other guys. Hold on. Before you, before you even go there, I think with Judah, it's important to note, too, at that point in time as, as just a young freshman, Judah had been playing with Team Takeover and had grown up playing with takeover. And as we always know, the team takeover stable is always loaded. So they're never really having guys who, who are getting off with like 30, 40 point games and just dominate everything. That's that's not how they do things. Right. So a guy like Judah who plays competitively throughout the eighth grade year playing in our, our winter circuit, obviously at the highest level with a team of, of dudes around him, you know, he had, Christian Watson, who is another he's blowing he's up, picking up a ton of offers at this point. You know, there was different guys around him. So it's almost like he's hiding in plain sight. Right. And then finally, once he gets to freshman year where those guys are kind of doing their own thing with their high school teams, you start to see a guy emerge like Judah, if that makes sense. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think it it makes sense to point that out with kind of the way things go. Yeah. And and another kid that I see. um, I don't know if he's top 60 yet. I think he will be top 60. He'll definitely be top 100 is Kyle Filipowski uh, from New York. He's another, you know, what is he? 6'10 officially or still growing probably and still growing. And, you know, with his skill and his ability, you also have his brother who's 6'8 Matt. Uh, So for college coaches, I'm going to go over this again. Uh, You know, kill two birds with one stone, recruit them both. And now you have two monsters you know, for your front court. Um, he plays for the Rens right now. So he'll, he'll be a kid that will hop into that top 60 um, later on, if not top 100. Uh, Their mom was a player too. And she goes about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so she was a parade All-American. Back yeah, you already, you already know what it is. So What All-American? 
Parade, parade all American. Never heard we of know parade you're too young for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. He's too young for that. So don't even yeah, worry yeah. about that. Bottom um, line is they got the bloodlines and look at the size of them. Obviously, you know, they're kids who've been playing all their lives. If you're a college coach and you're not in on the Filipowskis, you need to change that immediately. Now we'll go into somebody that no one knows about uh, from Gettysburg High School, Quedir Copeland, 6'6 wing. Uh, he's a kid that suffers from that syndrome that, what is it, JJ and Roddy play for that, that small town. Nobody really knows who you are yet, but you're putting up big numbers, so people just kind of start snooping around just to see. Um, he's a kid that will take a national step. I mean, he'll probably take one of the most drastic steps out of all the kids hopping into – the top 60, top 100, just because nobody knows about him yet. Like if you look at Mark, Judah, and Kyle, I'd be like, yeah, they, they should have jumped in. You know, people know about them. I don't think anyone knows about this kid really. And for a minute, he, he was going back to Philadelphia to play this, this past winter. And, and I don't even remember where he was going to end up. But let's say he ended up at, at MOTEP or another one of those schools. He would have been on the radar from the first game he played, and it would have been like, whoa, this kid can go. But – for the for the audience out there who may not know, Gettysburg High School in Pennsylvania is is literally out in the middle of of nowhere. You know, central Pennsylvania. It's not a great conference of of competition. It's not national level competition or Philadelphia Catholic League or Public League or anything like that. So, like Rob said, Quadir's a guy who, when he gets the opportunity to go mano a mano against some of these, you know stud 2022 6-5 power wing types it's it's going to be a show for sure uh i'm and eric's so familiar with the with this area out in nowhere is pennsylvania just because you know we had to struggle to get him connection for the zoom uh because he lives in a tree um out the <laughs> so uh the last kid i'm going to go over quickly is uh zaire wells out of new york and then i'm going to let flynn take the the rest on zaire uh he's another kid six 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 seven lengthy wing uh, I watched him play this fall, you know, does a little bit of everything, you know, defensively is a nightmare because of all of his length. Offensively is a three level scorer. He can handle the ball. So there's so many things that, that he's able to do uh, that, you know, his stock will take rise uh, and Flynn, you know, you can take it over and, and explain the rest. Yeah. So Zaire is a kid who transferred into South shore from Nazareth. Uh, once tiny Morton moved on from their former Seton Hall assistant, tiny Morton. Um, Zaire is a definite jack-of-all-trades type. He can definitely, again, play multiple positions, can handle the ball, is skilled. Um, currently listed as a 2021, but he has confirmed that he will ultimately end up doing a prep year after South Shore and go 2022, which I think is part of the reason why he gets snubbed here. That being said, if I'm a high-major coach right now and I'm looking for a guy who might be a little bit off the radar, the PSAL kids tend to get a little bit overlooked, and Zaire is a guy that – I think if he were playing in the Catholic League in New York, would have all the offers already, right? Um, another kid to touch on, just as you were talking about Kyle and Matt, Matt hit a bit of a growth spurt this year. So he's about 6'11 now. So you have Kyle at 6'10 and Matt at 6'11. And, and Kyle's played a little bit of point forward this year at times as well. We'll see if he ends up being a wing or I think ultimately he ends up as a stretch four. But Rob, I know you like schools recruiting brothers. Those are definitely two that, again, are kind of flying under the radar. And, and definitely need to be recruited. All right, so I'm going to dive in and give a few of, of my potential uh, guys that could have gripes not being in the rankings. I think the first guy I got to lead with is point guard Bruce Thornton, Milton High School. 
uh, in Atlanta. Not only does the kid play in one of the most competitive states in the country, but he's put up enormous numbers. He's done it, you know, during the grassroots seasons as well, playing with TSF. And I think there's something to be said for guys who prove that over and over again at the highest level, they win, they're hyper competitive, and they're just tough. And that's what Bruce is. So if there's anybody who can make a gripe just based on statistics and just doing it against the highest level of competition, whether it's in the winter for his high school team or during the grassroots season, it's definitely Bruce Thornton. He's one of my favorite cards in this class and, and for those reasons that I listed. Outside of him, I think another one of those kind of late evolving wings that, that really is going to catch on uh, is six seven Aiden Shaw from Blue Valley High School in Kansas City. Um, really liked what I saw from him last year. Kid who obviously has the high upside. Um, still needs to work on getting stronger. Still needs to work on his overall perimeter game, ball skills, all that stuff. But you see that he has the potential to be, you know, a top 50 player when all is said and done. And I think another guy I got to talk about is another Made Hoops alum is 6'6 Cam Whitmore of Archbishop Spalding High School outside of Baltimore. A kid who unfortunately broke his leg his freshman year of high school. So he kind of, he, he was really getting a lot of buzz playing with a very good team mellow team in eighth grade. And then obviously he didn't get to play his freshman year. And now you're starting to see he's all the way back. He's now sprouted to at least 6'6". And he's gotten a ton of offers. I believe LSU just offered today. I believe Maryland. He already had VCU, Virginia Tech. So you're starting to see that that recruitment is going from a regional affair to more of a national affair, and it makes total sense. So those are my guys. Um, overall, obviously, there aren't – I don't think there's really any guys in that top 60 where we were like, whoa, why are they in here? The bottom line is the 22 class is so loaded. It's you take your pick, honestly. So let's move over to the 2023 class. In this 2023 class of rankings, they ranked ESPN ranked the top 25. Out of those 25, 19 of those kids are made hoops alumni to this point. Now it's more wide open at the top. You don't have that Amani Bates, can't miss, generational, one every 10 years type player. They have DJ Wagner at the top. Now, there could be an argument made for, for a few other guys. We'll get more into that. What did ESPN get right in that overall top five, Brian? I think it's really hard to say they didn't get anything right here, right? The fact of the matter is, is that DJ is super advanced, has every reason to be ranked number one right now. He's got the bloodlines we're talking about. Um, you know, he's super advanced, which has been a trend as well, obviously. Eighth grade, eighth grade age, eighth grade age. Yeah, I mean, I was going to throw that out there, but, you know, you love to push that, so I figured. My thing. Let so. you go. So, yeah, super young for his class. Anyone who knows Wani Wags knows that DJ is going to be somebody who just puts up points effortlessly. Um, I think there are a couple guys outside of the top five that, and any, in the, as in with any other class, are going to ultimately push their way in. But I think for right now, having the top five be DJ, Jalen Lewis from Bishop O'Dowd, Mikey Williams, who obviously has the social media following that some NBA reserve players wish they could have at this point. He's super athletic. He's got the highlight tapes. I'm I mean, starters, too. <laughs> seriously. Seriously, it's kind of out of hand. But – you have him at three, and then you have Omaha, a kid who 
Bailu, who a kid who played in a bunch of made hoops events. Uh, if you want to touch on him in a little bit, I'm going to shut up and let you do so. And then Mookie Cook, a 6'5 wing out of Jefferson High School in Portland. Super, super high upside guy that Eric is another guy that you've been kind of pushing very early. Yeah, so what do I think they got right? I mean, the fact that the top five's littered with our made hoops guys, that's, that's what they got right, honestly. You know, DJ, I think – Obviously, like you touched on, DJ plays at Camden High School. They had a great high school year. They played a national schedule. We know about the bloodlines. We know about his age. And he's quiet about it. He's not a kid you're going to see on social media. He's not a kid who's ever going to, you know, talk about himself. I mean, I've seen DJ Wagner lose meaningless games at, at events and, and at camps. And he's on the sidelines seething upset about it and when you see a kid who takes those type of environments and those games that seriously you know you're on to something and that's the way that DJ's been obviously his dad has been a huge influence in the way he operates and let's not forget Duan Wagner his father was the number one player in the country scored 100 points in a high school game I mean you can imagine what his recruitment was like so the blueprint for him is he doesn't want his kid to have to try and navigate that that whole storm, you know what I mean? Like they're going to do things the way they're going to do things and the way that it makes sense for them to do things. And it seems like that started for them in, in, in the eighth grade when things started to kind of go to another level. It's obviously worked out to this point. DJ had a great, you know, freshman year and he is worthy of that number one ranking, but there is an argument to be made for Mikey Williams. I mean, he's, he's done it. He's an incredible scorer. He's getting more athletic by the month. It seems obviously he feels some type of way about it. He, he aired it on social media. I give him props for not wanting to ever run from competition. The kid wants to play the best, and, and I commend him for that. And I hope we do get a Mikey Williams versus DJ Wagner showdown in the near future because I think it'll be absolutely electric wherever it happens. Um, I think at number two, Jalen Lewis really shocked some people him being, you know, ranked at number two right off the jump in this. Jalen was a kid who, let's not, he may be the, he may be younger than DJ. I forget. They're right around the same age. He might be the youngest kid on this, this list. If he's not, he's the second youngest behind DJ. But you saw just the signs were there for him to be a high level player. And it was just a, a matter of how quickly he was going to develop. And obviously he played the high level high school season too. So him being there is a bit of a surprise, I think for most people, but the kid is good and he's not, he's not going anywhere. I promise you that. Like you said, Brian, Omaha stud, you know, same thing done well everywhere he's gone. He's, he's done USA basketball, played against the older kids, held his own legitimate six, seven wants to be great. Uh, there's no surprise there. And I think at number five, Mookie Cook, I mean, Mookie's got a chance. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a legitimate 6'5", you know, two-guard, hyper-athlete, uh, plays at Jefferson High School in Oregon um, in the Portland area. I think Mookie's another kid who, when he really decides that he wants to be great, you know, you see him turn it on, turn it off, all the tools are there. And if, and if that light goes on full-time for Mookie, it's, it's going to be scary. And this number five ranking is going to be too low. It's going to prove to be just too low for – what he can be. Now, as we move down number six through number 10, Rob, what really sticks out to you on here? So when you're talking about DJ Wagner, I think the part that has intrigued me the most is how level-headed he is and how much of a leader he is at a young age. 
you know, coming into Camden where his dad played, ton of pressure. You have Lance Ware going to Kentucky. You have Taquan Woodley going to Penn State, uh, although, you know, Lance just graduated. Taquan's going to be there for another year. Jerome Brewer, who's a D1 prospect. You have uh, Medley, who's a 2023 prospect, who's D1. You have Boog Robinson, who's also going to be a D1 for 2023. And you have Sebastian uh, Robinson, who's another D1 prospect for 2023. So I think his ability to be that leader, you know, with guys older than him, but then guys his age are his same peers in his same, I think it just him being able to get over that hump and just be a leader and overcome all of that is, is a lot for him. So, so KJ Evans comes in at seven uh, and, you know, he's not going to lead the top 10. I don't think um, in, in my own personal opinion, they have him listed as six, six. E, you could attest to this. I don't think he's six, six at all. I mean, he was six, six as a, as an eighth grader, probably closer to six, seven at that point. So I have a very hard time believing with the way he looked and his gangly arms that he's not at least six, seven or on the verge of six, eight at this point. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. You know, when I saw him, you know, he, he's another kid that can play inside out as a freshman and he hasn't really grown into himself completely. So once he grows into himself completely, then he'll solidify that spot. Uh, not saying that he hasn't now, I'm just saying, you know, he's going to stick around there. Um, Sim Wilcher, uh, brother alert. His brother's going to Xavier. <laughs> History repeats itself. Two birds with one stone. I just recruited. If I'm Xavier, I just got CJ. I'm going to go get Sim. Um, he played on a national level team this year. They were, I think, 12 at one point in the country, Roselle Catholic. Um, you know, his coming out party was in eighth grade with PSA. Uh, he made some freshman mistakes this year, for sure, with Roselle. Uh, there weren't many opportunities you know, for him, when you have CJ, you have Cliff, you have Niles Lane. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I'm missing from, from them. But, you know, obviously you make freshman mistakes, but his ability to, you know, continuously go out there and learn from his mistakes. And I've saw him, you know, have five turnovers in one game and then go to four and three. And I've just saw him go all the way down. So it speaks to his maturity um, moving forward. And, you know, if he can emulate anything that CJ does shooting, then, you know, he's going to stay in that top 10 without a doubt. CJ doesn't have that crazy freak athleticism that Sim does. Um, but Sim doesn't have, you know, that, that stroke from, you know, all three levels like CJ does back to the basket, spin around. So, you know, kind of a little bit of apples and oranges, but, it, you know, if he can kind of somehow mesh that game, I mean, you're going to have CJ was, I think, 58 in the rankings. Um, so it's not going any lower than that for sure. Um, and, you know, Brother alert again, the Buleys. Um, those two, they're, they're a bad duo. So, you know. They're tough. they're tough. I just saw Auburn offer them today. Um, you know, you have Matt and Ryan. Uh, they play so I, hard. They play so hard. I don't know how you rank 1-9 and 1-14. They're identical. They're the same person. It's got to be 9 or 10 or – there's no way. So, there's, a little bit, there's a little bit of a skill differentiator between them. One is one is a more, more fluid on the perimeter than the other, and that's I, I, think I did that. Yeah, I did. Where I, they're I, where they're probably separating them, but KJ Evans, obviously, I'm I'm very high on. I've been high on him. Um, you obviously gave the breakdown of his game. His father is a Hall of Famer who played at George Washington. Obviously, he's getting you know peak level instruction there um, from him as well, and he plays at you know Baltimore Poly, which is the traditional powerhouse on the East Coast. So. 
you know he is going to be fine going forward. Um, I think at number 10, looking at Tyler Smith from Bush High School in Houston, uh, another 6'7 wing, a kid who has that tantalizing long-term potential, um, was looking to have a huge AAU season with Team Griffin coming up. And I know the Team Griffin program was really excited to see what type of waves he could make, and, and they were expecting him to do huge things. So I think 10 might prove to be too low for Tyler based on what I've seen and, and what he brings to the table. Now, rounding out the top 25, who do you like in this last tier, the, the quote-unquote bottom-of-the-barrel tier? Obviously, it's only 25 guys, so it's not really bottom-of-the-barrel, but you know what I mean. Brian, give us a few guys that you're you're excited about. Well, I'm going to piggyback on the whole brother alert with the Buleys. Um, as you mentioned, Matt's probably a little ahead of Brian skill-wise, but like you said, they they played both play so hard, and those were guys that I think really kind of used the this past June's high school live period to kind of burst out on the national scene. Eric, I know you were there with me in Philadelphia last year when they really took that Northeast high school and, and made them – one of the surprise teams of that whole weekend. And those two definitely led the way there. Um, I think Mackenzie Mbako is potentially a kid who's going to jump in the top 10 of this class at some point before these guys graduate. A big, big wing, I think, ultimately. He's, they list him at 6'7". He might be pushing 6'8 now. I could be being a little optimistic here. But uh, shoots it really well, very skilled, still needs to fill out. And somebody who's going to, I think, develop a little bit later than other kids in this class. Um, I think the upside there is really high. And then Isaiah Collier is a guy that I have to highlight here as well. Um, I can't talk about Jaden Bradley. I'm sorry, Rob. I can't talk about Jaden Bradley and all the things that make Jaden special and ignore Isaiah because Isaiah has got a lot of the same qualities as a point guard. Um, Absolutely great passer. Like his passing, his vision in passing as an eighth grader last year was, I don't know. I hadn't seen too many guys over the past probably five to six years who could pass the ball like Isaiah, another kid who is extremely competitive. He might be close to six, three at this point too. And obviously another kid who plays in the hyper competitive Atlanta area plays with TSF. I mean, he, he's in, like, you could pretty much put Isaiah Collier, Kane and Carlisle at number 16 Milton High School, plays same backcourt as Isaiah with TSF, and then Bruce Thornton. They're all almost interchangeable as far as guys who have those same traits that they're just these bulldog guards who win at every level, at the highest level, and compete. And that's what I really like about those guys. Also, Curtis Williams, Brother Rice High School, 6'5 wing, another guy who he's just really starting to figure it out. He's only been playing organized basketball for a few years. Um, he made the right decision to reclass into his proper class. He was extremely, extremely young as a 22. They reclassed him before last year, had a big, uh, you know, spring and summer with the family, obviously had a great high school season as well. I really like his game. And then I think another kid at number 20 who could be too low is Javante Taylor, six, seven wing from Morgan Park High School. He's next up for Mac Irvin Fire. They had been, you know, singing his praises last year on how they were really excited about, you know, that he could potentially be the number one player in the country. And honestly, they're not wrong after seeing him. I mean, the kid has, has all the tools to 
you know, potentially get to that point of everything hits right. Brian, is there anybody else that you want to talk about in that top 25 before we go to Rob? I don't know if you took all of his guys, but his facial expressions and body language were not promising as you were talking. Uh, agreed. And I apologize again. Rob, do you want me to touch on Jordan Butler or, or Bronny James? Or do you want me to stay away from those? No, absolutely not. I, first all right. of all, I, take I'm, it away then. I'm piggybacking off of the Mackenzie Mabaco. Like, I. I talked about me being high on Mark Armstrong. I might be higher on McKenzie as a freshman. You um, are. I hope. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, he's six, seven, hopefully six, eight. If he's not, who the hell cares? I'm still putting him in the top 10. So I'm making him make a, a 10 person jump. I mean, he can score fluidly. He plays a decently national schedule with Gil. Um, and I've watched him all year. He's a, he's a little stiff. Uh, I mean, but as he grows into himself, you know, he's, He's going to become more athletic and, you know, more fluid, but there's a lot to like about his game. You know, I think when you look over all these rankings aside from ESPN, you see him jumping so many spots. So a lot of people have a lot of different opinions. A lot of people haven't seen him too much, you know, because the guild team was good. They had Will Susie going to uh, Northern Alabama. I think, is it Northern or Southern? Northern, I believe. Northern. Uh, you got Zach Martini, who's going to Princeton. Um, and you know, when, when you're playing with, with other D one guys that are seniors and you're a freshman, you know, people kind of may overlook it, but you know, he kept him in a lot of games and he showed up big, uh, in some games as well that the others might've not shown up on now speaking to, I think it was Flynn that brought up Isaiah Collier. I mean, his shooting unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I was watching him pull up from, you know, right over the half court line, his passing, his vision, you know, he's not all there athletically, um, but he gets, but that's no issue for him. Uh, he still, you know, creates for himself and his teammates. So, I mean, having a ranking and not having Bronny James, I mean, like, you know, if history repeats itself, you have, you know, his dad, LeBron, you know, if Bronny grows anything to be 6'8", 250, uh, there's no discussion that he's top 10. Uh, or top two and not two. So, you know, him, he's taken a lot of good strides from last year to now as far as athletically. Uh, he was just getting up, you know, and dunking. I think it was like this time last year, and now you see him doing windmills and reverses and all that stuff. Um, so the athletic genes are starting to kick in along with his – Well, that's – I think that's the the differentiator there, like – even as a seventh grader, his skill game was what was very impressive. Like he yeah. could lead a team, he could score, he could pass. You see with his passing, you see some of the LeBron flashes, but he was a kid who had no problem, even at that seventh and eighth grade level, deferring and playing off the ball. And I think that's why it's translated so well for him this past high school season, playing with Sierra Canyon on a national stage with other guys who are going to, high-level schools, playing with the Zaire Williams, the B.J. Bostons, like that's, that's easy for him because he doesn't need the ball in his hands. Now you talk about some of the James family athleticism and explosiveness kicking in, and, you know, he grows a few more inches. You're really talking about a kid who could shoot up this list. So, I mean, it's, it's – talking about Brody, Bronny James at this point, it's like so overdone by a lot of these guys who are – making videos or, or just searching for clicks. But at the end of the day, I mean, the hype is justified and, he, and he's shown it on a national level at the high school level. 
they got this right too. Like the, this ranking, it's not too, I mean, you can't rank him much higher because he didn't have that huge of a role on his high school team. You know, you can't rank him lower because of his natural, you know, ability with the basketball and stuff like that. So I think they got it, you know, right on the mark. So obviously we said this with the 2022 class with the 2023s, there's only 25, it's top 25. So there are obviously kids here who we think could have, been in the conversation, depending on how strongly you feel about them. There are guys that you could, you know, make an argument for, for being in this top 25. Brian, who are a few of those guys? First guy I want to highlight here is Malik Bowman, a 6'7 combo forward for Bishop Walsh in Maryland. Um, right now, as physically dominant of a prospect as you'll see in that area. Um, super skilled, good passer. Again, has the ability to handle the ball. You guys are kind of picking up on the theme. Of, I have an archetype. I like forwards who can handle the ball and, and get into sets like Rob was talking about earlier. Uh, I think Malik's got that upside, uh, a really just bruising driver, really good rebounder, and somebody who finishes very well around the rim because of his natural physical gifts right now. Okay, Rob, how about you? Flynn, that's it? He was giving you the spotlight for this one. All right, good. Yeah, I'm glad none of my guys will get stolen. Um, all right, so first, I know he can't be on the list because he's from Canada, but I think everyone should be aware of Elijah Fisher, uh, yep. six scar from Canada. Um, you know, he's been probably – he's been the best athlete in Canada and best basketball player. Um, so if you don't know about him, do your research on him because he would be top ten in this list, maybe even top five easy. Um, you know, going into this, I think guys that you'll see, you know, once we expand from the 2025 and down is Taylor Bull Bowen from the the New England area from Expressions. You'll see Dennis Parker uh, from Team Loaded. He's another, Flynn, you were just talking about a bruiser down low, you know, as they're driving. Um, he absorbs any and all contact. Uh, his Instagram bio at one point said, I'll dunk on you. And, you know, as I, when I was searching and I saw that, I just started laughing because I'm like, he will like that's not really getting better on the wing too and another kid who's young for the class yeah and you know uh another kid i know that eric will like is addison archer uh he's another freak athlete that we saw at midwest uh middle school academy last year i really liked him and his developing skill set uh my favorite player actually no I'm, i'm gonna wait on that one uh greg jackson uh eric you can speak on greg but i mean you know, Greg is what he's six, seven, six, eight now, uh, rim runner, you know, protects the rim and, you know, you can take the rest on him. Cause I know you're just as high on him. Yeah. So Gigi played with uh, team CP three last year in our, our East coast winter circuit. Um, he was a kid who he started, he played super hard, always rebounded well, uh, putbacks as the sessions went on and as the summer went on by the time that he had played in our eighth grade finale in Augusta I mean he was really making some strides another kid who's younger for the class um, probably about six five or six six at that point you just knew that his evolution was going to be rapid as soon as that end of summer came and he started to get with the right high school program I believe he's at Ridgeview now and obviously they're renowned in the southeast and he's had a chance to really show his stuff his freshman year. He's playing with the ball in his hands a little more on the wing. Like you said, he's probably in the six, seven plus range at this point. Yeah. Greg is a, Greg is a guy I love. I mean, is there any other guys that you have? Because I I have a list here and I'm not going to go 
you know, super in depth, depth on every one of these guys I have, cause it'll be another 20 minutes. But if you want to, you know, make your peace with another guy or two before I go into that. Oh, you too, Brian. Okay. Rob, you go first and then we'll go to Brian. All right. So I got probably the, the craftiest player in the class at the point card position, um, crafty and shiftiest Robert Dillingham. Um, uh, he's fun to watch his footwork, you know, is incredible for his age. Um, you know, watching him grow throughout the years, he's going to be that that shorter guard who is just a bulldog who you just don't want to stay in front of and you can't stay in front of. He's going to cause issues throughout his whole four years of high school, you know, no matter where he plays because he's got the ball and the string, um, you know, and quickly off of him. I'm, I'm saying it. I'm saying I know, it. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Saying Xavier Brown from Roman Catholic. Uh you know, everyone's going to say, what? And I'm going to say, listen, you played on the – you pretty much almost ran the team when he was playing point guard in the Catholic League um, playoffs. Jalen Duran, Justice Williams, Lynn Greer. Um, I mean, who else? All four are ranked, and you're taking the lead role in running point and being productive. Sign me up. Buy stock now. Another kid, too, who who's not the type to seek out recognition – to really talk about himself he's a guy who who just works hard and he knows the results are coming are going to come and those results obviously have started to come playing a national schedule with Roman now I'm going to talk about a few guys who I say have an argument I'm going to throw in a few guys who I think are sleepers who are going to make significant strides and will be in that conversation definitely for the top 60 next year so I want to start with six seven forward Amani Hansberry St. John's College um, has been probably as dominant of a two-year player in our East Coast Winter Circuit uh, as we've had probably in the five years from seventh grade to eighth grade. I mean, he's been a, he was a consummate double-double guy, uh, gotten better on the perimeter, um, works hard, great kid, obviously chose a phenomenal high school uh, for him, and he's already starting to get some of those offers. So another guy, when you talk about production, he – he probably deserved to be in the conversation. You want to talk about a uh, friend of the program and coworker, uh, Edward B. McFadden. Uh, he dubbed uh, Aiden Holloway, known as Biz, a Covenant Day School in North Carolina. He always has called him Baby Sharif before it was popular. Plays a style similar to Sharif Cooper. Um, absolutely fun guard, skilled, can shoot it from ever, and he's a leader for his team. I mean, he he was a leader for a very talented team CP3 group last year um, and obviously kind of picked a, a high school that was a little unconventional and he knew that his family knew that um, they're very driven for academic purposes as well. And their thought process was basically, Hey, we know we could play. We're going to focus on the school side and the basketball stuff will take care of itself grassroots wise. And, and, you know, they kind of believe in the, Hey, if you're good, the schools will find you. And that's the way it's going to be. I mean, Aiden's one of the, the top guards in the class to this point. You have 6'6 wing Caleb Glenn from Louisville Mayo High School, another kid from our Midwest Middle School Academy camp, absolutely destroyed last summer, followed it up with a standout freshman basketball season. Um, out of Minnesota, 6'3 point guard Tayson Chapman of Totino Grace High School, uh, phenomenal mid-range game, smooth, kind of reminds you a little bit of Justice Williams in the way that he can – kind of implement that mid-range game with the way he plays, getting more bouncy vertically. 
Six-six wing Jalen Stewart of Garfield High School in Seattle, uh, the son of Lodrick Stewart, former Rainier Beach star, comes from a basketball family, um, had a great freshman year for a state championship team. 6'10 post Jazz Gardner of Los Altos High School uh, in California, a kid who last year was probably about 6'8 playing in our West Coast winter circuit. Um, wasn't the most productive player, but it was because we knew that he was growing so rapidly that it was going to take a little bit for him to get there. And it's, it's really starting to kick in. Obviously he's the son of Jelani Gardner for some of you older basketball fans, Rob, I know that you're not going to have any idea who Jelani Gardner is and that's totally okay. Sure. Let's talk about a sleeper in six, eight post Mashai Hill of Hendrickson high school in Pflugerville, Texas. Another kid who's extremely young. I think he's, without a doubt eighth grade age and would still be relatively young in that class so it may take him another year to really catch on but I mean he's a legitimate 6'8 he's he's making strides um, I watched some film on him recently from his freshman year and it's it's very encouraging so keep an eye out for Mashai Hill 6'9 post Jaden Hastings of Orlando Christian Prep another kid who played on a team that is notable in the Southeast and a kid who he may even be bigger than six, nine at this point. Another kid as a post, as we know, a rule of thumb, younger post, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th grade, they're still just learning and growing into their bodies. And he fits, he fits the bill on that one. A point guard out of Utah, six foot Jordan Ross, Pleasant Grove high school. Another kid who was a standout on our West coast winter circuit last year, incredible feel for the game. Uh, his dad uh, was a Division One hooper. He's got the bloodlines. He's a kid that has made some waves out that way, and you're going to continue to hear more about him. And then I think another guy that deserves mentioning on the West Coast is 6'1 point guard Mike Price of Crespi High School. Had a very encouraging freshman year. I could probably go on and list another 20 guys, but I think uh, at this point we've, we've given the 20, uh, 23 group enough attention. Um, I'm just going to ignore that you said that I was going to go after Rob and then talk oh. about two more guys and then. So you're going to close. All right. So that you're going to close it out. Go ahead. All right. Well, first of all, as a Pennsylvania guy, shame on you because after that whole list, I didn't hear Sean Simmons's name once. Oh yeah. Rob. I thought Rob was going to talk about him. I was going to, I was just going to blurt it out at the end. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. That makes perfect sense. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to leave that for Rob then because I, I've stolen enough from him today. Okay. Yeah. My one guy then has to be Jarrett Dingle, a kid from Academy Charter out on Long Island, um, just outside of the city, definitely suffers from the whole J.J. Roddy. We can go on with the entire list. He doesn't play at an elite level high school. Um, he has yet to play on like a big-time, big-time AAU team. The NY Rivals team is really talented. And unfortunately, they're getting picked apart right now because they were really talented. Um, but a super advanced lead guard, very strong already, really strong with the ball in his hands, gets to the rim seemingly whatever he wants. The shot's improving a little bit, probably pushing 6'3 now, so uh, definitely a bigger point guard and has the athleticism. I mean, he's got a ton of upside. He's got all the physical tools that you really want to see from that type of a point guard. So it's going to be really interesting to see what he does in New York the next four years. If he stays in New York, because we know that's a problem. For him. So uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to take the Sean Simmons. Um, he's a six, five combo guard. Saw him really play well at Pangos this year. Uh, he's under the radar. I don't know if he's going to jump into the top 25, 
but if you go back to the to the 60s or the hundreds, he'll definitely be in that or in discussion for that. Uh, late reclass, but he's really skilled. He's really athletic. Uh, just hasn't gotten the chance to present all that he has to offer uh, skill wise in front of the spotlight. So you know him playing with Team Durant, and he'll be playing next to you know KJ and Amani. Um, so, I mean, he's going to really showcase his skills, you know, once AAU resumes and he's going to be a national name, you know. For... I, I, I think the late reclass that you touched on is, is really the reason that there's kind of a, a disconnect there between where he potentially could be on this list and what people really know about him. I know that there's a lot of, you know, basketball people on the East Coast and the greater Philadelphia area who kind of feel the same way you do, Rob. Like, wow, you got to mention this kid when you're talking about, you know, those elite guys in that 2023 class. So I think there's a little bit of confusion there. But I do want to close it out. And, and I know that we have a ton of kids who do listen to the podcast. I think it's important that, you know, you guys use these rankings, regardless of, of whose rankings they are. Use them to motivate you, not to validate you, whether you're ranked or whether you're unranked. The bottom line is, you got to get in the gym. You got to stay in the gym. This is just the beginning of the journey, especially for you freshmen and sophomores. So it's, it's great recognition if you're on the list and if you're not keep working, uh, that just about does it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in to episode nine of the made hoops podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to follow made hoops, social platforms, Instagram and Twitter at made hoops. You can find me on social media at Eric underscore Hanford. Brian, where can the listeners find you on social? You can find me at Beeflin Made on Twitter and Beeflin Hoops on Instagram. Rob? You can find me at Noonan Hoops on Instagram and Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our partner at Pure Hoops Media for their extensive storytelling, insight, and analysis in the world of basketball. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.